This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 41, and we are dealing with the story of Pharaoh and his dreams. And finally, Joseph gets to get to the position which God has always had for him, the position that God has anointed him for, the place where ultimately God had for him to not only to glorify himself, but to save his family, to include the brothers who had sold him into slavery. And what Joseph has done is he has continued to elevate, even in the midst of disaster and destruction, even though his life has made some, has had some really difficult turns. Joseph has succeeded. He has, he has flourished in the midst of struggle and difficulty. And finally, he is overcoming. He's becoming who he should be. And I think that is that is a wonderful picture of what God does for us. And it is the picture of God's anointing, God's power, God's purpose in our lives. And so it says here, and we're gonna we're gonna deal with Pharaoh calling Joseph in and the whole extent of his dream. It says, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. And they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. Notice he's being called out of the dungeon. No notice. Notice that he's not getting a lot of time to think about what he's going to do. He's not prepared. And God is that way sometimes. God puts you in a position and you don't feel like you've had preparation for it. What I would say to you then is that is your opportunity to trust in God and allow him to teach you how to use the gifts. We we saw that even in worship yesterday when one of our major instruments went out just right at the end of the first song. The Spirit was moving, and I guess it was the end of the second song. The Spirit was moving, and the God was in control, and one of the instruments just kind of kaputted on us. And we went to prayer, and then we sang, and we sang what I call acapulco or acapella with just a little bit of beat from the drums from Matt. And uh, man, things went, things, the Holy Spirit's still there. The Holy Spirit's still moving. God's people are still worshiping him. And and then we saw God do what he does when his people come to meet with him. And I think that is, is exactly the mindset you've got to have when you're in the middle of the position God's put you in for his purpose. You've got to, you've got to go get it. You can't wait. And uh, I'm proud of our worship team, proud of Malia, and proud of, of Matt for leading us and helping us and uh, making sure that uh, they just follow the leadership of God and enjoy the circumstances that they've placed in. And Pharaoh calls Joseph, and Joseph has no idea that Pharaoh's going to call him. In fact, Joseph's probably sitting there thinking he's forgotten. He could have been having his pity party. He ain't having a pity party. He's going to go in. He's going to perform exactly as he he's expected to perform. He's going to do exactly what he should be doing. And it says they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. And obviously, he's not going to be in good shape. It says he changed his clothing and came to Pharaoh. So he shaved 
and uh, got his clothes changed because you can't go to Pharaoh with your, with your prison clothes on. He's, and remember, clothing is a covering of sin. So obviously God is uh, changing his covering. He's, uh, he's, making him, he's making him presentable. He's making him prepared. He's putting him in the right place. And he is, and by the way, it's interesting. Normally he would not have been shaved, but the Egyptians saw that shaving or a shaved face was was something of beauty and something that they they thought in their culture to be something to be attracted to and something to be adored. And they obviously did not want to bring this unshaven Hebrew in front of Pharaoh. And so they shaved him. And so notice God puts you in a position of favor in every way. It says, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a dream and there's no one who can interpret it, but I've heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. Now he's sat there for two years and finally a situation has developed where God can promote him. I think of Joseph sitting there in that prison and wondering what has happened because he told the butler that uh, when he got back to his position, remember him, and he had to think he'd been forgotten. And it says, but I heard it and said to you that you, but I've heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. So Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Notice there's an assertion of God's sovereignty, and there's an assertion of God's character that Joseph's made and I want you to notice that Joseph is confident in God and confident in God's ability to show him and show Pharaoh that he is God and that he's in control. Now, you got to remember, Pharaoh thought himself of, as a God, a demigod, maybe a lower God, but he thought himself of God as God. And when Joseph makes this statement, he is making a bold statement to Pharaoh. He is saying, it is not me. God will give Pharaoh an answer, and notice it's going to be an answer that will give him peace about it. He is going to give him an answer that is going to bring about Pharaoh not no longer being anxious or nervous about the situation. He's going to give him a fa an answer that brings about peace. What a bold statement Joseph's made. And a person who's walked with God for a long time, a person who has walked by faith in a long time, for a long time, a person who's been through the struggles, been through the difficult over a long period of time, you'll find that they speak words of power and faith to other people. They speak powerful words over them. And as a pastor, I try to make sure that my words are not flippant to the congregation, and especially when I'm talking to an individual about what I believe God's saying to them. I don't want them to be flippant. I don't want them to be passe. I want them to be important and pointed, and I want them to be powerful. And when I speak, when I speak to others outside the church, I want to make sure that what I say to them has importance and significance, and I want them to be words of faith also. Pharaoh is speaking words of power and to Joseph because he has heard about Joseph, and Joseph needs to counter that with words of power and faith, and they need to be words that that can heal and bring about God's purposes. And remember, God's purposes ultimately are peace with, with mankind and peace with sin as he cleanses that from us. And so it says, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, 
Behold, in my dream, I stood on the bank of the river, and he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna tell it not only exactly the way he told it to his servants before, but he's going to embellish, he's going to add to it a little bit of his own perspective, which I like about this. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold, in my dream, I stood on the bank of the river. Suddenly, seven cows came up out of the river, fine-looking and fat, and they fed in the meadow. It says, Then behold, seven other cows came up out after them, poor and notice he says, and very ugly and gaunt, such that, <laughs> and I love the way he says this, such ugliness as I have never seen in all the land of Egypt. What he's saying is, these ain't cows from here. Now, I've seen some good-looking cattle. My papa used to raise some really good-looking cattle, and I've seen some good-looking cattle all over the country. i also seen a poke here, even in this area, not too far from my house. There's one that's fit this description. There's not seven of them, but there's definitely one of them. He says, then behold, seven of those cows came up out of the river and they were poor. That's, uh, that's uh, the word I'm using when I call them po cows. That's how my popo would have described them as po. He says, poor and very ugly and gaunt, such ugliness as I have never seen in all the land of Egypt. And the gaunt and ugly cows ate up the first seven and fat cows. And that's one of the ways he could have known. He knows that, that this is the dream that has some purposes because that would have not normally taken place. If I have a dream of a meadow and there's cows feeding in the meadow, that wouldn't be a spiritual dream that I needed to have some kind of interpretation of. And by the way, interpreting dreams is something that's important. But remember, the reason God would give us a dream is because our mind or our heart's not settled so much that he could speak to us through his word. The highest form of revelation is God speaking to us in our hearts, face-to-face, -face, using his words. That's the highest form of revelation. God's got to reveal something to you through someone else, or if he's got to re reveal something to you through a dream or a vision, remember that is either he's either revealing something of great significance, which means it's not going to be happening all the time, or he's going to be revealing something that you in your own heart or in your own circumstances because of your because of maybe the pain of the circumstances, you couldn't have it on your own. And as you look at this, notice that Pharaoh's having a vision because he would have never believed this to be true on his own from God. And by the way, he didn't know God. And so Joseph had to bring him a word from God. But we have God's word and God's preference in revealing himself to us is through his word and through his son and through the revelation of his Holy Spirit about his son and his word in our lives specifically. And so he says, and the gaunt and ugly cows ate up the first seven and the fat cows. And when they'd eat up, no one would have known that they had eaten them for they were just as ugly as at the beginning. Even though they ate the cow, fat cows up, it didn't make them po any, it less po anymore. They were poor cows. He says, so I awoke. And also I saw it in my dream. Suddenly seven heads came up on one stalk, full and good. Then behold, seven heads withered, thin and blighted. This is his second dream in the same night. He says, thin and blighted by the east wind sprang up after them. And then the thin heads devoured the seven good heads. So I told this to my magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. And by the way, as far as your life is concerned and the purpose and the direction of your life and the things that God has to say to you, no one else can explain them to you quite like God can. And I would say to you, if you're going to be chasing after God, you need to be learning how to hear God's word for yourself. Now, he does speak through sermons and teachings, and he speaks through other people's writings. But remember, the primary way he speaks to you 
is by his spirit through his word. And so if you're listening to somebody teach God's word and God's Holy Spirit's speaking to you through that word, that would be a direct revelation from God from his word. If you're studying God's word or you're hearing God's word and he speaks to you, that's direct revelation. If somebody's got to tell you God's plan for you, like in this situation, as far as this dream is concerned, if he's got to tell you what that plan is, remember that's not direct revelation. That's a revelation through someone else or through some other means other than the primary way God wants to speak to us, which is by his word. Pharaoh was incapable of hearing from God because he didn't know God. And so he needed Joseph to come and tell him those things. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, verse 25, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. Notice he's saying both of these dreams are together and they're of importance. In fact, they are coming together and they are confirming each other just as the number two does. It's a faithful witness. They are witnessing to each other of each other's truth. It says, then the dream of Pharaoh are one. God has shown Pharaoh that he is about what he's about to do. The seven good cows are seven years and the seven good heads are seven years. The dreams are one. Notice he's saying God has given Pharaoh a dream and then he's giving him another dream to confirm the first dream. And the seven thin and ugly cows which came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty heads blighted on the east wind are seven years of famine. Notice we go from seven years goodness to seven years of famine. Remember seven is the number of completion. So there's going to be complete goodness and then there's going to be complete famine and despair. And that's going to happen during Pharaoh's reign. He says, these things which I have spoken to you, to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Indeed, seven years of great plenty will come throughout all the land of Egypt. He says, we're fixing to have a great time of seven years of plenty. And so many times when, when in our own lives, when we have times of plenty, we fail to recognize that there are going to be seasons of pain and, and struggle. And uh, you need to, with that plenty, for those seasons of pain and struggle, even in your own life. And uh, what does that mean? When you're making good money, you need to put a little money aside for a rainy day. And I think that is just a that is just an obvious work of God. Now, if God's told you to spend that money on something, spend it. But if God's told you to, God's given you plenty and you're walking in his grace and his goodness, you need to set aside so that when the years of struggle come, and they always are going to come. Listen, Jesus has said that in this world, you will have trouble, but do not fear. I've overcome the world. That's going to happen in your life. You're going to have struggle and difficulty in your life. And you need to, during the good times, you need to prepare for that because struggle and difficulty is going to come. So many times we want to shut our eyes off to that and not allow God to show us that there, there are days of struggle in the future. And that is going to be the case in every situation. As our church grows, there are going to be situations and times where we deal with this distress and struggle. And listen, that's not a, that's not a, a negative thing. That's not something to be feared because remember in the midst of those struggles, in the midst of that difficulty, we grow and we become. Yesterday, I would say that the worship services having that struggle and us overcoming it is God's provision for us, showing us and teaching us how to be stronger and more. And, and those things will happen in every way. One of the things I, I noticed as we've had this leadership conference in January and other uh, people have taken a leadership role. There's an extra layer of leadership that is developed beneath the leadership that already existed in the church. People are taking responsibility for things and take a role in the church and a role in leadership. Anytime that happens, the flock is always going to be a little bit dissettled, a little bit unsettled, not dissettled, 
a little bit unsettled and a little bit struggling because just because you don't really know the people who are leading as well as you knew the people who were leading before that you were you were, you were following. And when you come to know them, you begin to be more calm and more more assured about what's going on in our future. But you've got to have that time where leaders rise up and take responsibility for things and take over things so that the leaders who are doing other works, the works that were started at the first and need to continue on, can focus their hearts and their minds on those things. And so whenever you develop more leadership, a a greater base of leadership, the flock got to get used to it. And it can be unsettling at times. It can be a little bit of a struggle. So also is the case with God. When he's doing a new work or when he's beginning to do something different in your life, it's going to be a little unsettling. And you just got to trust God and you got to allow God to show you the new things that he's going to do. Remember, his mercies are new every morning. Today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It's going to be a different day than it's ever been before. And you need to be prepared for that because you're going to glorify him in a unique way today as you have every day before. He says in verse 29, Indeed, seven years of great plenty will come throughout all the land of Egypt, but after them, seven years of famine will arise, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine will deplete the land. Notice, just like when those cows, those poor cows, the gaunt cows eat the fat, healthy cows, they're going to eat them up. And then they're not even going to be able to remember, you're not going to be able to tell that those fat cows existed because the poor cows, even though they eat them, they still look poor. And he says, the famine following, for it will be very severe. And the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice because the thing is established by God. Notice the number two, faithful witness. God has established this. He's giving him full witness that this is exactly what's going to happen. And both dreams are confirming each other and saying to Pharaoh, this is how it's going to be. And God will shortly bring it to pass. What he's saying is God's about to begin the seven years of plenty. And you need to know that because just as surely as the seven years of plenty are coming, the seven years of famine are also coming. And he says, now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. And now Joseph is stepping outside of what he was asked to do, which was provide an interpretation of the dream. And because he's been faithful and because he's done what he's supposed to do, and because God has anointed him for this purpose, he is going beyond what Pharaoh wanted. And he's going to speak words of life and hope and faith into Pharaoh's life. And he's going to tell Pharaoh what he needs to do because of these dreams. He says, let him select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years, and let him gather all the food of those good years that are coming, and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh, and let them keep food in the cities. Then that food shall be as a reserve for the land of the, for the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt that the land may not perish during the famine. And he's what he's saying is, listen, Pharaoh, we got to have a plan. And you got to have someone in charge. And then you got other people that are under that uh, man in charge. And you got to prepare for what God's about to do. And, and here's a great way to do it. You need to take up 20% of what is produced in the years of plenty. So when the famine comes, there'll be enough to eat and the land will not perish during those seven years of famine. What a great plan 
that Joseph gives Pharaoh in the midst of all these troubles, in the midst of, of all this plenty and then all this trouble, there's a plan that God has given. And that plan, notice, comes from not only God's dream, but it comes from Joseph himself and his continually operating in the gifts of leadership and the gift of, gifts of administration that he clearly had, not only when he was in his father's house, but when he was in Potiphar's house and when he was in the dungeon. He continually operated in his giftings, and it has prepared him for this moment in which Pharaoh needs someone with his kind of leadership and administration to take charge. What a great dream, right? What a great interpretation. I'm excited that God always provides in the midst of whatever circumstances we face, and he's always prepared to give us his very best. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.